Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. the Super Bowl 58 edition of the Sports Rivals. That's Ernie and I'm Monty and together we're going to talk the world of sports. Of course, obviously we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the heart-stopping Super Bowl 58 that just completed with Patrick Mahomes leading the Chiefs to their third Super Bowl title in the last five years. Uh, 25-22 over San Francisco. Lot to discuss there. Lot to break down there. We're going to get into that soon but I do want to start real quickly for all of our fans here in Hawaii. This was a huge week in local sports, more so than I've seen in six months or so. In the high school ranks, you had the boys' soccer championship with Iolani going for a back-to-back championship, but Mililani coming through with a late goal to knock off Iolani 1-0. Mililani wins their first championship in around 10 years. Congratulations, Mililani. Friday night, you had Iolani girls winning their fifth consecutive state championship in basketball with a 39-38 overtime victory over Kamehameha, a game that both teams had an opportunity to win at the end, but Iolani hangs on. Then on the Big Island, you had the paddling championships where Iolani wins another state championship there on the boys' side, Waimea on the girls' side, and Kamehameha Kapalama on the mixed side. And then, of course, Punahou continues their domination in the pools, winning a ninth consecutive state championship on the girls' side. Iolani wins another state championship on the boys' side in swimming. So a very, very productive week for the Iolani Red Raiders. Uh, Unfortunately, Ernie... Nothing for Hilo High or Campbell this weekend. (laughs) As to be expected. Next week, it's the wrestling championships and the boys basketball state championships. So it's that time of the year where there's so much going on. But what I do want to mention real quickly, and then we're going to jump into the Super Bowl, I promise, is Warrior Volleyball. Big, big matches this week. They've been playing some very mediocre competition, but number five, Stanford, came to town. After sitting out some starters against Tesculum last week, the, the Warriors come out flat, losing the first set to Stanford on Wednesday night. And from that point on, won six consecutive sets on Wednesday and on Friday, winning the fourth set on Wednesday by a score of 25-12. to 12. And then on Friday, they sweep them 27-25. Ernie, in the second set, 25-7 over the number five ranked Stanford, 25-20 in the third set. So a dominant performance. Clearly the Warriors' best volleyball that they've played so far this year. They now improve, I believe, to 10 or 11 and 1, solidly the number three ranking. And finally, Ernie... um, Warrior basketball. I have to give credit where credit was due. Those of you that follow us regularly know that I railed into Iran Ganat a couple of weeks ago uh, about how the, the team is deteriorating, how they've faded. Nobody's getting better. But I have to give credit where credit was due. They have now won four of their last five games, and this was their best week of the year. Knocking off UC San Diego on Thursday night in overtime, 94 to 86. Knocking off... Um, 
Second place, UC Davis yesterday, 87 to 70. Ernie, their offense looks really, really good. This without Javon McClanahan, who hurt his shoulder. But my problem with Iran Ganat is that he doesn't let people share the ball. Their offense is stagnant. Now he's playing everybody. I mean everybody. Cody Williams, BD, Rap, uh, Akira Jackson, guys that were never smelling the floor are all contributing. And it shows they played with confidence. At one point yesterday, they were 11 for 13 from the three-point line. Um, They were on fire, and it was everyone. So congratulations to the Warriors. Now they go back on the roll. Can they build on this? But Ernie said something off the air that makes total sense. They may have been dogs for two to three weeks at the start of this conference, but they're getting hot at the absolute right time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and it comes down to it, like what you said. I mean... When a person goes down, it creates opportunities for others. And in this case, it creates opportunities to see other players. Uh, and and sometimes that backfires where people get a little bit greedy. In this case, it doesn't. It sounds like, uh, what, from what you said, they're sharing the ball, which makes you know the ball movement up better, uh, which translates to those three-pointers. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be open three-pointers, and they're executing on all levels. So keep it up. Uh, you know, Warriors. I mean, let's let's do it. Let let's give a good showing towards the ending of the year. Yeah, it was just nice to see such great ball movement and efficient offense. Like I said, ninety four points on Thursday, eighty seven points. That's ninety point average for the week. Uh, they can continue to do that, move the ball, share the ball, get get everyone involved. Um, it's going to be possibly a really good month of March for them, but. Let's transition to the main topic of discussion, Super Bowl 58. So we both made our prediction last week. Ernie had the Chiefs 27-24. I had the Chiefs 23-21. We both obviously won um, based on the spread. We kind of split the difference there in terms of the over-under. We're right there in between. Um, The game was right there. I believe it still went under. I think the game closed at 47 and a half. It ended at 47. So I I believe it did go under. But Ernie, let's discuss this game. There's so much to unpack. But without a specific question, I just want your your cold, raw thoughts on what you saw today. I mean, it it started out the way I thought it was going to start. I mean, San Francisco really flexing their muscles in the beginning. Uh, It reminds me of, I mean... it reminds me of the Boston Celtics when they play, uh, you know, an opponent where they flex their muscles in the first quarter and then let their foot off the, the gas pedal. That's how the, the San Francisco 49ers played. They dominated both sides of the line uh, through definitely in the first quarter and at least up till midway of the second quarter, taking uh, a, a 10-3 uh, lead into halftime, which really from from my standpoint should have been a lot more in favor of San Francisco. From, yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah, it started off like San Francisco was dominating. They went right down the field, McCaffrey fumbles. Um, so that cost them some points. Now, granted, you know, later on in the half, Pacheco fumbled at the eight-yard line. Right. That would have been a scoring opportunity. But it just felt like San Francisco was kind of controlling the game. When the, the Chiefs kicked the field goal right there at the end of the half, I was like, 
This should be bigger than 10 to 3. It feels like... It felt like... Sanford, like, if this was a heavyweight fight or a UFC fight, you would have said... That round, that half was by the 49ers, but you just had this feeling that they should have been up a little bit more. And the second half was 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 a good half. I mean, it, it, it was it was very good uh, football to watch. I mean, it didn't start out good. I mean, uh, fumble on the first drive for for the you know <clears throat> for the Chiefs. You know that pushback. Uh, I guess creaming off of. Uh, Pacheco's shoulder, uh, lucky to get you know, lucky to get the uh, you know that ball back, or so it would have been a you know, end game in my opinion with all the mom- with, with that momentum. But uh, you know, Mahomes deserves that MVP. I mean, he he fights back. Terrific game plan. They stuck with the game plan in regards to uh, how they move the ball against the San Francisco 49ers and the. Uh, you know, no shade thrown to the San Francisco 49ers defense, but that Chiefs defense outplayed the 49ers defense in the second half. Yeah, I mean, the, the, first of all, I think I think the beauty of this game is if you're watching a game and you don't have any skin in, in the game, like I, I think Ernie was cheering for San Francisco because of connections to family in the Bay Area. I was cheering against San Francisco as a Rams fan. But the reality is there was no immense passion yeah. uh, either way, shape, or form. So just to be able to watch a game uh, critically and just know that I believe by the end of the game, nobody lost the game. No, There was not egregious errors down the stretch that caused the game to end. The difference was one team had Mahomes and one team didn't because San Francisco... Mahomes takes the lead. San Francisco goes down, takes the lead back. Mahomes comes down, ties it. The 49ers drive down the field in overtime. They kick a field goal. Um, Mahomes goes down, wins the game with the touchdown. So I thought, you know, and, and coming over here to, to record the podcast, I was listening on the radio, and I there was one guy who was very critical of Brock Purdy, saying that he didn't, he wasn't great today. I thought he was fine. I thought he started off fine. I thought Kansas City adjusted, got a little bit more pressure on him, and that kind of messed him up a little bit. But I think he responded in the fourth quarter like he's proven he's able to do. Driving him down for the touchdown, driving him down for the... For the field goal, I thought he showed himself pretty well for a 24-year-old second-year player. He certainly was not the reason San Francisco lost. I thought I think the only reason San Francisco lost is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I agree with that. Brock Purdy did nothing wrong. So whoever made that comment doesn't see Chris Jones coming up the middle. Because on two plays where I actually thought uh, Purdy could have made some big plays... Chris Jones blew up the play by coming up the middle. And for, for Purdy to even get the ball off was tremendous, in my opinion. And yeah. for the rest of the game, he did good. Good Was was he – is he in a, a, a top five quarterback? I really think he's in the top ten easily, in my opinion. He was – he's the number, number one quarterback as far as quarterback rating uh, in the NFL. He's only going to get better. Uh but I agree with you. This was not uh, Brock Purdy's fault by any stretch of the man- imagination. I think the Chiefs' defense just played that well in the second half. Oh my! Yeah. Oh my goodness! I mean, uh, boy, that those defense. I mean, I mentioned last week that they had the uh, fourth or fifth best 
pass defense in the NFL, they look like a tremendous number one today. You know what is so impressive about them? And I think this is the this is the thing with San Francisco. They have so many weapons, devastating weapons. Debo, Ayuk, Kittles, McCaffrey, just to name a few. McCaffrey had a decent game. He had to work really, really hard. He did have a touchdown um, uh, reception. He did have about 130, 140 yards of total offense. So he had a good game. Had the 49ers won, I think McCaffrey would have been the MVP uh, of, of the game. But those defensive backs for the Kansas City Chiefs made it very, very difficult on Debo and Ayuk and Kittles. Practically nothing. They had a couple of catches here and there, but for the three of them to not really have an impact, uh, Juan Jennings had the touchdown reception and the touchdown pass because he was the one that was getting the third DB right, or right. a safety on him because Sneed and McDuffie are just lights out from that particular position. I thought in the first half, Chris Jones was kind of pacing himself. Yeah. They were double teaming him and he didn't look like he was fighting too hard once he was double teamed. Kind of like what Aaron Donald does. When he takes the double team, he doesn't waste his energy. But Chris Jones was making, as you alluded to, made a tremendous impact in that second half. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh <coughs> hats off, Mahomes wins his third MVP. I mean, going into that second half, it, I wasn't really too confident about the Chiefs. I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, that, uh, that confrontation uh, with Kelsey and Andy Reid, where they, uh, Andy Reid looked like he was uh, blindsided by, uh, by, by that. Yeah, that I, was odd. I, I really thought that was a melting point uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I would figure that Kelsey would have a little bit more uh, restraint uh, you know what was weird though, I, and, and I was thinking the same thing because it was on the Pacheco fumble right. inside the ten, and I was like, "Why isn't Kelsey in the game?" They kept taking him out of the game, so I was like, "Why is he hurt?" He wasn't hurt against the Ravens. Was he sick? I don't know. They didn't say he was sick, but they kept taking him out of the game, and I didn't know. Even if you're gonna run Pacheco, you gotta have Kelsey in the game to be decoy, a decoy right. to make them think Kelsey. To allow Pacheco to have a decent chance to run, and that's when he went off. Um, that that wasn't a good look, though. <laughs> that no, wasn't no, a good no, look definitely, for Kelsey. No, especially at that point, I believe he only had one catch for one yard. Uh, but boy, did he turn it on! The lights came on. I mean, he had a terrific second half. You know, move, especially towards that. You know, that final drive, he made that key long. What 25 yard play down the sideline and Mahomes. Uh, what? You know that 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 touchdown. I don't know if that was a design play. I think Mahomes read the defense, did that rollout to the right when he saw that the corner was cheating in, drew that corner in. That was the easiest touchdown. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, he that had. was. I, I think. I think. I do think that was a call play, and it was very well scripted because once Hardman comes in towards Mahomes, and then he pivots and goes out. Kelsey went into the flat. Pulled the corner to him, leaving Hardman wide open there. Um, it was it was a tremendous play. So it was a good game. The first half, 10-3, may seem it's boring, but there was a lot of action. It was a lot of physicality, yes. a lot of hitting. Yes. Um, but Ernie, this is kind of, and again, that's Ernie Imonti. We are the sports rivals talking Super Bowl. We're going to be talking mostly Super Bowl today. So we really want to dive in and spend a little bit of time. 
later I want to get to where Mahomes place in history is right now and what does the future look like for Kansas City but right now I want to focus more on the San Francisco side uh they had an unfortunate injury in the with Dre Greenlaw tearing his Achilles just running onto the field that was that was a freak accident probably did have an impact but he's one of my least favorite 49ers because he plays so dirty I don't wish any injury on anything, but I think that might have had an impact. But from the 49ers perspective, they went into this Super Bowl, Ernie, with zero people on the injury report. They were 100% healthy healthy with all of their pieces. And I have been saying for years that if they have everybody, they can't be beat. And they did get beat. Um so where do the 49ers go from here? They still have Brock Purdy on a cheap contract for a couple of more years. Uh, well, for one more year, and then they're going to have to you know, pony up because he's not guys. You remember, he's mystery relevant. So he doesn't have a first round contract. So he doesn't have a five year deal. He only has a four year deal. Um, where do the 49ers go from here? Do they bring everybody back again? Is their window starting to close? Let's let's focus on the 49ers. What are your thoughts? Does Purdy get better? Are they still going to be the, the favorite next year? What, I, do, I, what do you see? Uh, well, here's, here's the biggest difference. In, in my opinion, the, the lack of the Miko Ryans. I mean, that, I'm going to say it right off the bat. The success that the Texans have and the <laughs> lack of... Uh, you know, impact that the San Francisco 49ers has played, not just in this game, but throughout the season with all those star players, the Miko Ryans was the architect of that. And having him, uh, you know, in another, in another, uh, in another city during the Super Bowl, uh, you could tell, you could tell, I mean, Bosa was missing for a lot of the game. Uh, they just didn't have the, I mean, Werner was his his name wasn't mentioned way too often. There just wasn't that that, that it factor. They built that under D'Amico Ryan's, and now with him lost or not lost, but you know, uh, with Moving another on. yeah, with another franchise, I think Purdy to answer your question gets better. I don't know about that defense because that defense has a lot of high-profile players that's gonna want to get paid. Yeah, and see, that's what I don't know what their cap situation is, but it's it can't be the greatest. It's not. And then everybody's a year older now. Hafunga got hurt early on. He'll be excuse he'll be me. He'll be back next year. Yeah. Um, but everybody gets a year older. Warner's a year older. Greenlaw's a year older. Bosa's still young, but now his contract kicks in next year. Chase Young. His his, uh, Chase Young. I think they're going to let Chase Young walk, but Hargrave is making $20 million a year. Eric Armstead is making $16 million a year. Um, There's a lot. Trent Williams is a year older. McCaffrey's a year older. McCaffrey was super healthy for the first time for an entire year ever. Yeah. You know, since his rookie year. Exactly. Can yes. he stay healthy again? Ayuk was healthy all year. Kittles was healthy all year. Uh, it just seems like a lot. If Purdy continues to improve and takes that next step, then I think the 49ers are still the favorite in the NFC. But I'm not ready to say that yet. I think the the Packers show that they're young and, uh, and upcoming. I think mm-hmm. the Lions have shown that they're still young and cheap and, and coming, um, 
I still like my Rams, although I think the Rams overall talent is a notch below these teams. I'm curious to see how the Eagles respond, bringing in Kellen Moore and uh, Vic Faggio um, for the defense. But that 49er team, it's going to be really interesting for them. Where do they go from here? Do they blow it up to some extent? Do they make some some certain changes yeah because if i was the gm i i don't know what i would do because the team is so stacked i really don't know like i wouldn't be trying to jettison anyone i think that brock purdy should continue to improve he hasn't showed the one thing that stood out to me for him is the game wasn't too big for him no he was poised yeah he may not have made every throw he got pressure he's not able to scramble like mahomes does um but he was poised. So I think he's the real deal. I mean, I'm not going to say he's Mahomes, but I think he's the real deal. I think I agree with you that he's a top 10 he's level top, quarterback, yeah. especially within that system. So I, I, I think the 49ers are going to run it back if they can afford it. Like I said, I don't know exactly what their cap situation either, is yeah. like, but there are a lot of high paid guys on that team. I just don't know when their big deals kick in and, and how the money's being pushed forward. But uh, I got to think for the 49ers, their window is still open with this team, especially with a quarterback that young. Oh, yeah. With all the talent, I mean, you could you could uh, like today, the second half, you could you could you could survive without a Drake in law in there. You can survive without uh, all, all pro safety in, in Hufanga, you know. Uh, so regardless what happens in regards to their roster is concerned, I mean, missing two or three of the top big names. Uh, if that offense improves uh, as we expect, and they don't lose their pieces, they're gonna—they're definitely gonna be a contender. The question is: is how much competition rises up to their level, and, you know? and how healthy they can stay? E- exactly. That's I mean, been their Achilles. Here's the thing with 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 Kansas City. Kansas City, like you mentioned earlier, has Mahomes, and Mahomes has obviously proven. Uh, for the second year in a row that you could pay me and I can take I can I can get to the Super Bowl, you know, with without Tyreek Hill, without uh you know a, an all pro wide receiver, without a all pro running back, and still generate enough offense uh you know to keep us in the game and towards the ending of the game I can just take over and win it. So he's he's he you know that's 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 special. Yeah. That is something that Purdy does not possess, nor will he possess, yeah. in my opinion, ever. Well, I don't think anyone really can possess that other than one Tom Brady. And so let's transition yeah. to Kansas City. That's a great transition, there, Ernie. Uh, in terms of in terms of Kansas City, I think what's really interesting for me is that after the game, right after the game, when Mahomes was interviewed. He's already thinking about the next one. He's so focused on Tom Brady, whether he wants to admit it or not. He is that he is crystal focused on the next one, um, which is crazy. But for Kansas City, can they continue? To me, by far, this was the most impressive championship because easily. Since Patrick Mahomes got there five years ago, six years ago, this was their weakest overall team. No doubt their weakest offense. Their defense by far was their strongest defense. The defense led the way this year, and then Patrick Mahomes won it in the end. 
But Chris Jones is a free agent again. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they brought him back for that one-year massive contract. Do they bring him back again? Um, Snead is, is going to be in high demand as the top cornerback on the open market. Are they going to be able to afford to bring him back? Offensively, I think Travis Kelsey is going to retire. I think Jason Kelsey alluded to him retiring. I think the Kelsey brothers are going to retire. I think Kelsey has secured his role as one of the, if not the greatest tight end of all time, one of the top two or three. He's a lock hall of famer. He has three championships. He has Taylor Swift. They have a podcast that's making them tens of millions of dollars and he's constantly banged up. He's 35 years old. Does he continue to want to put his body on the line? I think he's going to step away. If he does, who is Mahomes going to throw to <laughs> next year? Because all of their picks, the Sky Moors, Rasheed Rice worked out fairly, fairly well. Nobody else did. All the guys that they expected. So where do they go from here? They still have the solid line. The defense is strong. But the defense is going to want to get paid. Um, I've learned my lesson. Never doubt Patrick Mahomes. But... And as long as they have him, I guess they're going to be competitive. But there's some questions there. Like, how are they going to piece together this team? Um, are they going to be a defensive-oriented team and just keep it close and let Mahomes win? What do you What do you think Kansas City is going to look like next year? Because that's an important question for you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you want your Steelers to get over that hump. Yeah, unfortunately, I believe that if you know that, that uh, Travis Kelsey believes that they can win three in a row, three in a row is basically unprecedented you know so if they can if they have a chance to get to that three in a row uh i think kelsey will play uh that's just my opinion who knows i don't know how he's his how his body's feeling like definitely he shows the the tools uh you know that he is still able to play at a very high level uh you know continuing on for next year uh and just having Mahomes there just gives you that, you know, you, you got a fighting chance. In my opinion, in regards to how their roster is going to be shaping up, you know, uh, to me, the Kansas City Chiefs have a window open as long as Mahomes is there, in my opinion. If a high-profile player leaves, that just opens up cap space for the GMs to bring in other people, either through the draft or through free agency. I mean, if Kelsey does leave, I mean, they, they can go after Pittman from Atlanta. I believe that, uh, you know, they mentioned that, that uh, you know, he's tradable. Big disappointment now uh, based upon, you know, his skill level coming out of college. But who knows? With Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, he can easily turn you into a all-world tight end at a la Kelsey. So... You know, in my opinion, the Kansas City Chiefs are like the Miami Heat in, of the NBA. You don't have to have a flashy season, you know, be that number one seed. You just got to get into the dance. And once you get into that dance, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, been there, done that, come and beat me. Yeah, and so that's 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 the other thing that I want. I, I agree with you. As long as Mahomes is there, I think they can find a way to always be competitive. And I think this year they really grew because everyone always said, get Mahomes out of KC so they cannot host all the playoff games and they're going to knock them out. 
Boy, he went to Buffalo. He went to Baltimore. And then he won a Super Bowl against a very, very talented roster. I still believe the most talented top-to-bottom roster in the NFL. That is a massive, massive accomplishment. And to me, if they can win a Super Bowl this year with this team, wow. As long as he stays healthy. Because I think you're going to get to the point, like Tom Brady a little bit later on, but this is way later on. Mahomes is only 28. You're going to start to get players that want to win a ring that are going to be willing to go to Kansas City for a little bit less money because they want to get that ring. Like how Brady was able to get people to come in for one year or two years or follow him to Tampa Bay. Um, I think that's going to happen. And and he's so motivated, Patrick Mahomes. I think he'll continue to redo his contract to make it be team-friendly. He's like Brady. He's not motivated by being the highest-paid person. He is motivated to be the best of all time. And the only way that you can really truly do that is to spread the money around. Because when you command most of the money, it's really, really difficult to have a strong enough team to win, which is why the 49ers are so good. They paid a quarterback nothing, so they're stacked everywhere else. But eventually, they're going to have to pay Purdy, and then everyone else is going to have to go. So I agree with you. I think they're always going to be um, a factor as long as he's here, but I am interested... I am interested to see if Kelsey comes back. Like if you say if he comes back, um, but he showed wear and tear this year. He rose up in the playoffs. He ended up with nine catches today for 93 yards, even if it looked like he's doing nothing in the first half. Yeah, he did, he did nothing. Um, <laughs> but they, he, I, I think Mahomes is going to need some help uh, unless they're able to keep all of the defensive pieces because Chris Jones is a monster. He's a difference maker. If they lose him... That changes to me, changes the entire defense. No franchise, no franchise. And if they take, if they lose Sneed, um, that changes it as well because those corners are amazing. I mean, they were locked on everybody that they've been playing against and uh, super, super impressive. But Andy Reid, Ernie, now he's won three Super Bowls. He lost one with Philadelphia. He lost one with Kansas City when they were completely depleted. Um... To me, he has to start getting consideration as one of the best coaches of all time. Yeah. Because he's done it with two different teams. He's done it with different types of rosters. I still believe Bill Belichick is, but there's no doubt that the the shine has worn off Bill Belichick seeing how far they fell when Brady left. And then now nobody wanted him. Well, Um, you know, so... I, Andy Reid right now is pushing his way up to that cons- to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, well, if you say all time, then uh, yeah, there's going to be some uh, uh, pushback on top of that. But in the game today, I would say yeah, he's. I mean, Shanahan right now is considered one of the the top coaches in the NFL right now, and today was a good example that. I mean, I don't think it's. I I, I think it's very evident that Reid won the coaching battle today. I mean, the way San Francisco opened up and how Reed made the in-game adjustments, yes. that, that, is, that is what really separates yeah, great coaches. Exactly. And that's, exa- that's what I loved about Belichick. Belichick was able to have a great game plan geared towards what, what you did best, but he would also make good adjustments at halftime. The problem with Shanahan is that he's brilliant. So he has a great game plan, and they usually operate really well initially, but sometimes when he's up against a great coach, 
he does get outcoached in the in in second halves. All of the third quarter when they went away from their ground game. Yeah, that was one yard. They had one yard. Yeah, I think he was going for the he was going for the jugular, trying to get way out ahead. Um, but yeah, they went away from it in the third quarter. They brought Kansas City back in the game. They they went back to it later. But Andy Reid, I have tremendous respect for him. Yes, he does have Patrick Mahomes, but I think we all know that Belichick is not Belichick without Brady. Brady is not Brady without Belichick. And the same is true with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I agree. You know, there's they're both brilliant. And brilliance at coach and at quarterback allows you to create a dynasty, which is what has happened. This three championships in five years, four Super Bowls in five years, that's considered a dynasty in today's day and age. And they've created a dynasty. The question becomes, can they keep it going? Will they win again next year? Whew, I hope not. Because my Rams. And your and your Steelers. Steelers. Okay, I want to transition to the NBA real quickly, but I gotta get Ernie's thought on something. Okay. Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year over TJ Watt. I kind of thought it was gonna be like that. There's there are so many people who whose Bible, I'm telling you, it's the Bible. Pro football focus. And their stats that say Miles Garrett, by definition, on their matrix, is the best football player out there. How, they don't watch the game. It is subjective just to the plays, based upon the number of plays that they do. And, and the double teams. And, like if you get double teamed a lot, you get but, extra credit. Exactly. But the thing is, they don't know how that impacts the game. TJ Watt does it at the most... Uh, just like how Aaron Donald did. When Aaron Donald won his, won his uh, uh, last defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt had more sacks than him. Yeah. But Aaron Donald did it at the right moments. And I had no qualms with that. You know, he, when he disrupted the game, got his sacks and whatnot, uh, he, he rose up at the exactly, right and that's yeah. what that's. And to me, pro football focus does not take that into consideration. Well, it's an analytics world now, and you're you're right because you you know early on I had told you right at the midway point I had Garrett, but when I did my predictions, I had uh, T.J. Watt, and I thought it was going to be close to unanimous. So I was shocked. I was not surprised that. At Lamar Jackson, I was not surprised at Christian McCaffrey. I was not surprised, disappointed, but not surprised at C.J. Stroud. I was not surprised at Will Anderson, though disappointed. I thought my two Rams got screwed. But anyway, I was shocked when T.J. Watt didn't win 23-19 to 19 in terms of first-place votes. Um, here, I really thought T.J. Here, Watt was going to win. Here, 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 here's my biggest frustration. You put Miles Garrett on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You put T.J. Watt... On the Cleveland Browns, T.J. Watt is more disruptive. The Browns have a better overall, better defensive personnel than the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point in time. Overall, I mean, we got Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, Hayward is out there, no shade on top of them. But overall, with all the injuries that happened on the Pittsburgh Steelers, the reason why T.J. Watt wasn't chosen because the Steelers allowed, I think, the they were in the 20s as far as yards Allowed yeah. per game, and they, and Cleveland was by far the most dominant right. team but, that came to that. But 
The Steelers defense won more games for the pit. When you got the 28th ranked quarterback and you're still able to win 10 games in a year, what does that say? The, the offense won the games. The defense won the game. And who's the best defensive player on that defense? It's TJ Watt. That's something they, they do not consider. So pro football focus, I'm giving you a one-finger salute. <laughs> See, that's why I had to ask him about this. That was completely unscripted. But I knew that I would get a fired up answer there. But I agree. I thought TJO was going to win. I, w- I was surprised. I-, I really was surprised at Miles. Nothing. Miles Gra- Garrett is oh, brilliant. He's good. He's good. But he's good. down the stretch, because he was battling a shoulder, he was not as disruptive as he was early on. And I thought TJ Watt had passed him late. Obviously, the voters disagreed. Um, so. It was that 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 was the case, but wasn't that cool? That was fun to see Ernie fired up like that. It, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> you know, I would have been more, but I can't, I I was reading the articles, so I, w- I was buffered. All know. right, all right, okay. So real quick, the last thing that we're gonna do transition quickly to the NBA. We had a lot of activity. You know, there were some some decent players that got traded, but I think the biggest surprise for me was. No major trades. You know, early on you had the Anobi, you had the Siakam, but nothing major happened late. I was glad that my Lakers kind of stood pat, didn't do something foolish just to do something. Um, I liked your your Celtic trade. I think Tillman is a piece. He's not a difference maker, but he is a piece. And if you have a physical player that he can go and physical people, he yeah. can get you rebounds, yeah. he can play defense. Um he gave AD a little bit of a trouble from last time, year, to, from time to time yeah. with Memphis. So I like that. They didn't really have to give up much for that. So I, I like that. But what did you think of the overall NBA trade deadline, uh, trade deadline? I know you've been watching that closely for weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it was it was it paled in comparison to last year when we had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know, going at the, the 11th hour, which, made, which added to the intrigue. But yeah, this one was more more role players at the end. I mean, Gordon Hayward going to OKC is a is a nice move, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the team that did actually the best in this, if if you're just count looking at the last couple of weeks, was the New York Knicks, uh, bringing in Ananobi, you know, bringing <coughs> bringing in the you know Bogdanovich mm-hmm. uh, in, into New York. I think those are pieces that will definitely help the rotation on already deep. Deep team, uh, they'll cause problems, but they have to, right? Because Randall's out for another three weeks, and yeah. Anuobi is out for at least three to four weeks. So, man, if the Knicks can hang around for the next month with those two guys out, I would be quite surprised. Um, but if they all come back, that's a lot of talent that's that they've assembled. That's They're probably the most talented Nick team in a while. Yeah, I mean, they, they moved up Vegas thing, so they got them as the has the fifth best odds to win the NBA championship. You know, and they that's all the way up from like number twelve or something like that, number twelve or thirteen. So they made they made that big push. My my thing is, and I spoke with about this uh, two weeks ago, but uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, why are you doing anything? You got four hundred million dollars in contract money next year. You can't. You're way above 
uh, you know, the second apron as far as your ability to add on to this team if you don't if you don't like do a dumpster fire, and you're sitting in the eleventh place in the West. So you got one Steph Curry, who right now is like, is this the time to like announce my my exit from this team? Because if nothing is done, you know, at least in this off season, uh, right off right off this season right now. I mean, they'll, they'll get into the playoff, uh, the playing game, but I don't think they're going to go any, anywhere past the first round. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I think Wiggins stayed a little bit better. He was the name that was bandied about the most. Um, I honestly just, just don't think they have a lot of takers for, say, a Clay Thompson. And I think they respect Clay Thompson enough not to trade him in an embarrassing one-way trade where – they have to get back like nothing. Um, so, but I agree with you. I don't think the Warriors are going anywhere. I mean, they'd be lucky to make, you know, the, the play in at, at this point in time. Um, they still have Curry as yep. evidenced by his yeah, last, shot last, last night, night to, yeah. win the, to win the game. Um, and they have enough talent. Like if Kamingo keeps playing well and Wiggins does play well and Draymond doesn't go cycle, they have talent. I just don't know if they have their their. I think they're too old to string together yes. and win seven game series. Yeah, exactly. They can win any given one game. That's evident. Like you said, they have to me the best clutch shooter in the game right now in Curry. And you know, you you get within, you stay within five points. You know, in the last two minutes, uh, I'd be shaking in my boots. You know, with that team. But in a seven game series. That's not going to happen. I think the law of averages takes that out of their favor, in my opinion. So, yeah, the Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, I, and I can't believe this because, you know, they've been, uh, they've been, they, they were a thorn to the Boston Celtics, you know, two years ago. But, uh, like Monty said, I do have ties with my family being uh, most of my family residing in the Bay Area, and I've 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 always followed, you know, that Warrior team when they were in Oakland, you know, way back way back when with 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 Chris Mullin and the boys back over there. But yeah, to me, this is the beginning of the end, especially if if the same thing, and I'll be shocked if 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 the off season this summer. Uh, that it continues continues this way. Uh, I don't think they're to me. They got a better shot getting getting guys now, uh, being sellers now, than in the off season. Because in the off season now you got a whole pool of people that are going to be coming out. You know, in my opinion, Clay Thompson's value drops even more, especially if they do not make the playoffs. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think Clay Thompson's going to play out the string, and then we'll see where, where he goes. But I think for Ernie's sake, as a huge Boston Celtic fan, I think everyone in the East, can the Knicks put it together if they're all healthy? Maybe. Maybe. But overall, I think with Embiid's injury situation, um, they added Buddy Heald. I don't think that's enough. I don't think Patrick Bev to the Bucks moves the needle. Um, I, I actually think the Celtics could cruise into the playoffs now. Um, but in the West, it's still anybody's ball yeah, game. There's four teams that are within a half a game of first place. So you can go from first to fourth. In a week. In, every, in, yeah. in a day. Yeah. I mean, in a, any given day. And then that 
you still have the the Kings that are playing much better. You the Mavericks with Luca and Kyrie can win any series, you know, together. I like the fact that they brought in a couple of bigs to to play with Derek Lively. I think they did some things at the end. So I I think overall the East got weaker based on injuries and trades. I think the Celtics are clearly the the top there in the West. It's anyone's ball game, you know, in terms of who's going to be the number one seed. And then at that point in the playoffs, it's going to be who's healthiest. Yeah. And but Denver, if Denver is healthy, they have the best player. But if this Clipper team stays healthy, they're going to be a problem. They will definitely be. I'm more, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm more scared of the Clippers right now than with Denver. I mean, uh, Denver played Boston. I mean, I know it's just a one sample size, they've only played once, but, you know, it, it, it took Jokic and Murray playing outstanding games. Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum going two for 17 from three. And it was still Boston Celtics leading 85% of the game and at the end losing by two. Uh, where the Clippers demolished the Celtics. And in more ways than one, it wasn't, oh, Kawhi went for 50 points or Paul George had like seven steals. It was a well-balanced beatdown. You know, Boston didn't play that well, but hey, those Clippers, they look tough. Yeah, I mean, LA really went into Boston and whooped up on the Celtics in the last couple <laughs> oh, <weeks. man. laughs> Still, still riding that still one. Still riding that. I got to keep riding that. Hey, my nephew today, Ernie, I got to get the shirt that he had because he had an I am him. Austin Reeves shirt. I got to get us one of those that we can wear uh, from, t- I'll, I'll, <laughs> from time to time. But now I want to transition to Ernie because I'm curious where he's going to go with his closing thought. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Super Bowl. To me, this, this Super Bowl, from what always said earlier, was one of the more entertaining Super Bowls. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go all of you. You love your list. I'm going to give you my top five. Super Bowls of all time. And even though Monty teases me of my age, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a year and three months or older than him. <laughs> I can only go back. I can only go back to 1978 when, where I was really watching. I saw the last, I, I saw the, my first two Super Bowls were the Steelers winning against your Rams and the Cowboys. And that's, that's, how, and that's why he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And that's, and that's why I was a Pittsburgh. Everybody was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan back then. I stuck. You know, I was I was devoted. I stuck through the '90s when you know they they sucked and Neil Donald threw away the you know <laughs> threw two interceptions to Mr. Brown for the Cowboys to win. But anyways, my top five Super Bowls. I'm wondering if you're gonna agree with me. Uh, my number five Super Bowl is gonna be your Rams versus the Titans in Super Bowl Thirty Four, where it went down to the wire you know it was it, it, i mean basically kurt warner uh with that uh vamp uh, uh what, what was what, what was their greatest show great, greatest show on turf team you know with isaac bruce and all the boys back over there marshall falk yeah. Tony holt 414 yards in that game but the the titans were able to keep them at bay Go mount a 73-yard uh, yard drive to get to the Rams, what, two or three-yard line? Yeah, he was and, tackled at the one-yard line was, on the last exactly, play. Exactly, on the last play where everybody thought, I, I certainly thought the Rams were going to lose. 
you know, I thought they were going to lose to the Titans that game, but the Rams held on. I, I was on pins, and I still remember where I was at, and I remember plates were spilled when that touchdown did not happen. So that's my number five. I'm going to follow that up with another nail-biter. I'm going to go with, uh, what Super Bowl was this? The Super Bowl with the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, where the Seattle Seahawks uh, took the lead. Tom Brady does what he always does, comes back with two touchdowns. But at the end, they, the Seattle Seahawks drive all the way down to, basically around the same area mm-hmm. inside the five-yard line. At the one. At the, at the one. And Marshawn Lynch, who basically bulldozed his way, you know, on that drive to get there, was not given the ball. They pass, and it gets intercepted. Malcolm Butler. Yeah. And the Butler did it, and that game to me was like, <laughs> so many questions were, were, were thrown about, you know, and... You know, if Seattle, to me, if Seattle wins that game, I don't, who knows? Who knows if Seattle changes their coach right now with a two-time Super Bowl winner, if that outcome uh, was a little bit different. My third game will be today's game. Uh, it wasn't real exciting as far as points concerned, you know, but towards the end when you have, uh, you know, all that drama and intrigue, uh, uh, you know, going into... Uh, the overtime and, you know, with this new rules in effect where you're actually you're not starting from the 20 or 25 yard line going for field goals. If, if you don't if you don't mount an offense, it was very interesting how that actually played out. And uh, I, I enjoyed today's game as, as, as much as I didn't have any, uh, <clears throat> you know, any dog in the game. I thought it provided enough excitement and, you know, just to see. Mahomes do what Mahomes does without all those weapons solidifies himself. You know, if, if he had any doubters, any doubters, he, you know, must have changed all of their minds because, you know, he easily was the MVP in this particular game. My second best game is going to be, and I hate to say this, this is going to be the Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons where the Atlanta Falcons totally destroyed the Patriots in the first half, even did so early into the third quarter, I believe uh, leading the Patriots uh, by, what was it, 24 points or something? That 28 to 3. Yeah, so 25 points. uh, And then Brady pushes it all the way. And when it went into overtime, in in my opinion, uh, that was the end. You knew who had the momentum, but just the fact that you were able to see greatness happen where, you know, you can be down that many points and first of, and, and, you know, produce the first overtime uh, game in Super Bowl history and let alone win it, uh, that puts it at number two. And I'm going to be biased on top of this, but this is my top five Super Bowls. My number one Super Bowl is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Arizona Cardinals. You know, and the way it happened, the Pittsburgh Steelers, during the first part of the game, uh, it was all the Steelers. They built a 13-point lead going into the fourth quarter, helped by James Harrison's 99-yard interception return for a touchdown. 
But your man, Kurt Warner, you know, trying to solidify his place in history, brings the Cardinals back, scores two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, making the score 23 to 20. Uh, ben Roethlisberger mounts a 78 yard drive, 35 seconds left, uh, third down and whatnot, throws a bullet pass. Outside of the end zone where Santonio Holmes had to basically anchor his feet on the right corner of the end zone, catch the ball outside of the pylons to, uh, you know, solidify the Steelers last Super Bowl, (laughs) which was a while ago. To me, that was my best Super Bowl Ever. Well, it's easy to have it be the best when you have a good outcome, but I do agree that was a tremendous. I don't, I don't disagree with any of your games. I'm actually surprised you have a Ram game in there, um, but all Ram Super Bowls would be yeah. in my top four uh, for yeah, me. Yeah, but I actually like the Steeler. Now, you, you didn't start really counting back then, but I think the one, the first one, the 35 31 that you remember over Dallas was a tremendous Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was an incredible game. Staubach and Bradshaw and all the stars were there back and forth. 35-31, I thought that was great. Um, the Kurt Warner one, yes, I think that was great. A um, couple of recent ones, I thought the the Eagles winning over New England 41-33 was a high-scoring shootout. And even last year, 38-35 with Jalen Hurts going for over 400 yards and Mahomes finding a way to win. We've been blessed recently because there was a stretch. Yeah. A while there were every Super Bowl was a the blowout. blowout. The Broncos were getting annihilated. Chargers. The Bills were getting han- annihilated. But recently, it's been relatively close games for for the last 10 years or so but good list i don't have a, any anytime you have one ram super bowl win on your list that's a fine list for me <laughs> yeah but it was, but it does, but it is a lot of them were pretty recent you know they, in, in recent yeah, memory and, and that's gonna be recency bias i, I kind of fiddled over should i put the <laughs> new england giants game out there you know with the the catch the helmet catch yeah and whatnot oh, well that was the most one of the most impactful because it prevented an undefeated season right but, but you know what ernie it when early onset dementia kicks in you only can remember it's so many years back. <laughs> I knew it was coming, folks. Yeah, that was a good list. And that, you know what? It's a perfect opportunity. Do you guys agree with Ernie? You know, any of you older time people can remember back into the 70s. The first Super Bowl I ever remember watching is the Raider Viking one in 1976. Um, I didn't like either of the teams, so it wasn't that big a deal. But I really remember that Cowboy Steeler one, even if I hated both teams. I hated the Cowboys more, so I cheered for the Steelers. And then the very next year, my Rams are in there, shockingly behind Vince Ferragamo, uh, never to be seen again until that. Well, until the Titans, we won the, the yeah. Titan one, and then we lost the next year to Tom Brady in his first Super Bowl. So good list, but do you guys agree with Ernie? Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Tell us what you think. What is your greatest Super Bowl game in history? Do you think now is Patrick Mahomes in the GOAT discussion or does he have a way to go? How about Andy Reid? Is he in the GOAT discussion? Um whether they are or not, one thing is can be said, it is not easy to win a championship and to win three in five years and two in a row 
congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. You yeah. guys have found a way to win. And I marvel at this year in particular because if we remember correctly, our last top five list of the year excluded the Chiefs because they went into the playoffs not playing yeah. that well. No, they did. But they put it together. They won four games. And they won the championship again. Yep. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Uh, shouldn't have doubted you. <laughs> yeah. I, again, and then, of course, we, our, our, our appreciation to the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Again, you can listen to our podcast on hisportsradio.com. hisportsradio.com. Ku'ule and Paul Brick. Weekday mornings from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Wake Up in the Den. 7.60 a.m. 95.1 FM. Ernie, anything else? I'm good. All right, gang. And until next week, congratulations, Chiefs and the sports rivals. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. 